0: You are now tuned in to Trust the Scoop with your host, Philip Dukes, a.k.a. Dukes the Scoop. Welcome to the Brian Harson edition of Trust the Scoop, and I am your host, Philip Dukes. Catch me at Dukes the Scoop on Twitter, Dukes the Scoop on Instagram, YouTube, Dukes the Scoop, and the podcast is Trust the Scoop, of course. Today, I have a special guest, a very, very, very special guest, Brad Pitt, everybody, Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: wish, man. Nah, I wish.
0: Now, nah, Jake Crane of the J-Boy Show, man, mm-hmm. one of my, my, my closest compadres when it comes to this uh, Auburn-type stuff, and uh, especially sports period, a guy that I really trust, knows his exes and noses. Uh, probably the most popular uh podcast on the rise right now in the whole entire country like no no and that's that's i'm not even putting any cap on that it's like a hundred percent real so man it's a pleasure to have you thanks a lot man how you feeling
1: Ah, man well dukes number one it's it's uh, great to be making my debut on trust the scoops it 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 feels good uh i know how great of a job you're doing man i've been lucky enough to know you for a while and and you know, know uh, what you're capable of and, and who you're connected to and, and how you're able to articulate it and uh, I appreciate the kind words and just uh, obviously uh, don't have our video set built yet we're moving towards that but uh, uh, I guess can kind of show off a little bit what we have but Dukes I'm just excited to be here with you man and uh, talk some ball on what's uh, obviously a huge news uh, week and, and it's kind of been snowballing as, as we're talking you know right now.
0: Man it's so crazy so all right, well give me some X's and O's on Hartson. Mm-hmm. And, like, what do you like okay. about what he likes to do? What are his tendencies? And what's his bread and yeah. butter?
1: Well, his bread and butter, number one, you're going to hear – Everybody say this, whether it's on the SEC network, ESPN, whatever. And, and Cole Kubrick, when he came on the show, was talking about it. Was, you know, a staple of what Brian Harson does is the stretch and outside zone. He u- uses perimeter runs to set up interior runs. Some guys do that backwards. Uh, they try and set up the uh, exterior or perimeter runs uh, by pounding inside zone, by getting your gap scheme, your power, uh, your counter game. And, and Harson kind of does that opposite. But the thing, the two things I think that stand out about Brian Harson, just from a schematical standpoint, is number one, he has an identity. He knows what he wants to do. He wants to run to open the pass. But he also understands that you have to evolve to your personnel. You have to call plays to your personnel. You have to understand that being stubborn is not effective. Being stubborn Mm. is not efficient. And that's something that... That, and he's only 44 years old and he's in that new wave of coaches wow. that understands that you have to be a chameleon. But I think evolving to your personnel, because we all know the game is trending offensively like it is in the NFL. You're looking for matchups, whether it's Kyle Pitts at Florida, uh, whether it's Devontae Smith at Alabama or looking for the back out of the backfield or whatever. I think that's a feather in Brian Harson's cap. I think another thing about his offense is the versatility uh, and how it's not a uh, we're going to do what we do and it's going to work regardless. It's, we're going to have an identity, but we're going to attack you in what you do defensively, where we think you're weak. I'm going to try and out-formation you, but it's understanding that I have to be able to be versatile. You're not going to be able to move the ball on these top-flight defenses with a normal offseason, the Alabamas, the Georgias, these defenses that are coached up by Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, whatever, whatever, if you're not able to be multiple and be able to be balanced, be able to have a good play-action game. But I, I think something that the Auburn faithful need to really understand about this offense is something they haven't seen in a while. It uses the tight ends, Dukes. Oh, wow. Uses I, the tight ends. Why? They throw into the tight ends. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's crazy. They actually throw the ball to the tight end and then the tight end catches the ball. And even sometimes the tight end will catch the ball in the rectangle with the paint in it for what we call a touchdown.
0: Get out of here. I
1: know. It's crazy, right? Crazy. Man, you
0: know what? So I watched uh, a couple of clips and I saw every touchdown boys State scored last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw I saw him attacking from all over the field. I saw the uh, the quarterback. I saw the read option with with the quarterback keeps. I saw them hitting the tight end up the seam. I saw them hitting the tight end on the post actually. I saw them getting some some and, and you could tell that some of those some of those plays they were so open. They were absolutely yeah. schemed open. So uh mm-hmm. basically using tendency breakers in order to get some people wide open. Yeah. And that's what I love to see, especially when you're talking about a offensive guru, right? And uh yeah. no no shot to anybody that we've had previously, but you, sometimes like your things can get stale when you have set your tendencies to the point and yeah. like you said, being stubborn like okay, you know what, I'm going to run this play until it works. Yeah, instead of getting right. out of the, a, a, instead of being able to adjust and I think in the SEC that's something uh really important now. You're going to have a unique perspective as somebody who's actually coached in the Sun Belt. And somebody who has those type of connections. Uh, what do you hear about Harson as a person and his personality? Yeah,
1: uh, it's a it's a great question. I do before I answer that, Dukes, you brought up a, a fantastic point, and I do want to hit this before we move on, if that's okay. Is that when you become stubborn? And I think a great analogy is a pitcher that gets to the major leagues. He's brand new. These major league hitters haven't seen him before typically those guys have success early because the book's not really out on you. They may have something from the minors or this, that, and the other, but until guys get in that box and they face you and they see what you have, the book's not out on you and what you go to. And what I think Auburn kind of fell into the trap of with Gus Malzahn was the book was out on him. You knew what you were going to get from the passing game. It wasn't that intellectual. So therefore you could try and go toe-to-toe with him scheme-wise in the run game. And uh, I think what Brian Harson will bring – is an understanding that the book can't be written. I cannot set myself in stone. I cannot set myself up for the book to be out on me. And again, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have tendencies. That doesn't mean that coaches aren't going to know what your bread and butter is. That doesn't mean that they're not going to know how to attack you, but it's being able to say, I have to be able to counter what they're doing with mm. what I'm doing, and it's not we're going to take this game plan into the game and the game plan is either going to work or it's not going to work it's we're right. going to take this game plan into the game and if it's not working at halftime we're versatile enough offensively, we've worked on enough different things offensively, where, whether it's under center, whether it's out of the gun, whether it's 10, 11, 12 personnel, we have something to go to and we can make adjustments, so I think Auburn making adjustments past halftime and really winning a lot of second halves is something you're going to start to see, and it's kind of a staple of Brian Harson. you ask what kind of personality he is, to me, he is a general that's what he is. Mm. But, but if there's one word to describe, uh, I think Brian Harson's personality and who he is, it's consistency. And mm. that's a word that me and Cole Cuba kept throwing around because you're going to get uh, a guy that understands what the mission is. Uh, that understands what it takes to get there, not only from a schematical standpoint, and we have to run this, and we have to come off the ball and this, that, and the other, but from a structure standpoint. Who needs to be where? Who needs to be in charge of what? I, I got to bring in guys that I trust. I got to bring in guys that I can give a job and not have to micromanage. But I think Brian Harson is a dude that bets on himself. I think he's an alpha male. I think he understands what he is and knows what he can be, and those guys are the most dangerous.
0: Wow. I mean, you said a mouthful, and uh, and, it, and it's refreshing to hear, and uh, with that type of general attitude, and as far as leading the troops, I think that, and from what I'm hearing, so I've talked to some uh, high school coaches that uh that he has contacted, and some guys mm-hmm. who have had some contact with him in the area as far as him uh, recruiting for uh, Boise, as far and uh, especially when he was at Arkansas State, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the guys are saying like, hey man, it's, it's a no nonsense guy. He's very very confident. Yeah. Uh, some people say borderline arrogance. <laughs> um, I don't know the guy yet. We'll see. But when I tend to hear those type words, I hear somebody who's very, very confident in what they do. And you're not going to be able to move them off of certain principles, if that makes sense. Yeah. So a confident guy is the type of guy that says, you know what? I, I got my star player and Lord forbid this would ever happen, but I got my star player that's missing class. Now, a guy who's more – who isn't as confident or who's not going to lead as that type general to say, well, you know what? Man, we got to figure out how to get him to go to class because we need him on Saturday. That confident guy, the guy who feels like he can out-scheme you, the guy who knows it takes the Jimmys and Joes, but who's super confident in his X's and O's is going to say, hey, man, I tell you what, either you show up to class or you pack your bags. And that's yeah. the type of attitude. That's the type of vibe that I've been getting from him. Now, yeah. being that Auburn has kind of been more of a player place the last few years, right, where the players have kind of uh, the relationships with the players. They've been kind of catering to the players, not more so the alpha dog mentality that we've been yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel like he will mesh with the guys that are already there? And do you feel like a culture change is needed?
1: Number one, I do feel like a culture change is needed. But I think at the end of the day, real recognizes real, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and if you're a, a player at Auburn and you're worth your salt and you're a guy that works and you're a guy that understands what it takes to be successful, you want to be pushed. And that's something right. I always thought, you know, as coaching the guys, especially in recruiting. They want structure. They want somebody that can push them. And, 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 and a lot of guys come from places where, you know, maybe they didn't have that guy that pushed them. And, and that's what they need. And they look up and they respect that. And it's not, listen, I got a lot of friends. I got a lot of buddies and I'm not saying we can't have a great relationship and and joke around and this, that, and the other, but you got to understand that I'm the, and speaking as Brian Harson, I'm the leader of men. I am the leader of this group. I am the leader of this program. And you have to understand that it's got to get to a point where it's not just about you wanting to do it for me. It's about you wanting to do it for yourself. And Mm. I think what he's going to teach all these guys is, listen, I am going to hold you accountable for everything. I'm not going to treat you like a kid. I'm not going to treat you like my best buddy. I'm going to treat you like somebody that I care about. I'm going to treat you like I'm going to treat my son. And if you're doing good, I'm going to tell you. If you're doing wrong, I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to love you when I need to love you. And I'm going to get on you when I need to get on you. And I think something about Brian Harson that that needs to be said is, and, and what I've heard, because he's so well-respected in the coaching ranks is that he's going to get on you because a coach's job is to push a player further than he can push himself. Mm. That's what a coach's job is. And that is one of the biggest signs of love and there's ways to do it. But I used to always, I never made it personal. I don't think Brian Harsa makes it personal. It's not, listen, you're a dumbass. this, whatever you're stupid. This, I, just like, listen, what you did was dumb. This is why you're too smart for that. Let's fix it. Let right. me show you why you're going to be right. an all American. And when you right. have a guy that's tough on you, but he's fair, let me say that again, he's right. tough on you, but he's fair. You respect that. That's a guy that you want to work for. That's a guy that you want to be like. And all of a sudden you look up one day and everybody is going to class and everybody is going to weights on time. And everybody understands that it's not just about letting coach Harson down is we have a culture here now that I'm not going to be the reason it screws up. That was my one thing play Just don't let me be the reason. I won't be the reason. Give me a chance to be the reason we win. But I promise you, I won't be the reason we lose. Mm. I won't be the weak link in the chain. And I think that's the difference between Brian Harson and a lot of other guys is he's going to make you love him, not because he's your best friend, it because you want to be like him.
0: Mm. Now, what you saying that, that gives me – so I'm looking at the, the, the guys in our main competition. And let's, let's just go ahead. Let's go there. Saban, right? Yeah. So in order for it to be successful at this job, you have to be Alabama. Like, you mm-hmm. won't be here long. You won't be at Auburn long if you can't beat Bama, okay? That got Gus Malzahn his eight years by being able to beat Bama, mm-hmm. right? I'm seeing and I'm hearing that he has that. When you see Alabama, you see Nick Saban. You don't see the biggest yeah. guy, right? You don't see – because Nick Saban is like 5'9", maybe. Like yeah. The yeah, biggest guy. Five. You may not even see the most cerebral guy. What you see is a guy who – Commands an air of accountability when he steps in the room. When you see Nick Saban, he Mm. looks so intense. And I kind of see that from Harson. I'm kind of like, when I look at him, I'm kind of seeing, I'm like, damn, man, this guy kind of, he's about his business. And I'm looking at, and I'm looking at some of the quotes that I've seen around him. Like uh, Eli Missouri was saying uh, that someday you never know who you're going to get, but either way, you're going to get a positive. But one day it may come, one day Harson may come in and it's Brian or well. Did you see that? Yeah,
1: yeah, I saw him. He said, "Uh, you know, some days you'll get him when he comes in. He's uh, he's Harson, And when he's Harson, I guess he's kind of, you know, feeling good, a little bit more laid back. And then sometimes you're going to get Brian and Brian's kind of the get in your face. And look, to me, to me, when, when I when I read that and what I've heard is that, number one, you're always going to get a guy that's competitive. That's that's something that I think is huge here cuz cuz this is why I say that. Let, and let's just think about this, Dukes. And, and I said this on the show. Brian Harson was at his dream job, okay? In a place he was born in Boise, Idaho.
0: Oh my god. I said god. on the
1: show, the bir- the first breath of air that his body ever took was Boise, Idaho air. <laughs> he played co- quarterback at Boise State. Right. Left, uh, started his coaching career basically after a year at Eastern Oregon, just having to be somewhere a year, right. uh, got back to Boise state, went to Texas for a year, left Arkansas state after the first year, went in the Sunbelt in the first place that ever gave him a head job. Right. And he's going to leave that place where he's from probably where his family's from. I used to say where he went down to the old hardware store and saw old Mr. Harvey as a kid, you know, <laughs> right. Right. He's going to leave that place for one reason. He thinks he can be the best. Right. And he wants to know if he can be the best. Right. You don't take this job at Auburn and leave your hometown alma mater. And, and I wouldn't say break ties, but surprise a lot of people back home j- just for the hell of it. You did right. it because at night you want to be able to go to sleep and know, even if it doesn't work, for some right. reason it doesn't work. I, I was swimming with the sharks because I think I'm a shark. And at the end of the day, those type of guys, like I said, they're dangerous because they're hungry. And I mm-hmm. think you're going to get a Brian Harson that comes into Auburn hungry for success. I think you're going to get a Brian Harson that's not afraid of Nick Saban. He's not afraid to go into a living room that Nick Saban just got out of. I think he'd probably hold the door for him as he walked out. But I think you're going to you're going to get a guy that's a fighter. That's what Brian Harson is. He's a fighter, and he wants the biggest fight. He's been the guy that's been fighting on the undercard for so long, and he's been winning, and he's been winning, and he's been knocking people out. And he's sick of it. He wants to fight for the title. He wants a shot at the title. Right. Ryan Harson's gonna get his shot at the title. He just wants a chance to get in the ring. And I like guys like that.
0: Now, for a guy like Harson, now Auburn is in a really, really unique place right now because uh, the transfer portal excuse me, the transfer portal is gonna be it's the first year mm-hmm. that's gonna be this way, right? Everybody gets the one time transfer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He has to get some guys to stay, and he has to keep guys from leaving not just against the NFL, usually it's the NFL, right? You got your good juniors and you say, okay, can we keep, or the red shirt sophomores, can we keep them for another year? We've got guys who may not agree with his culture or they may not want to be pushed hard. How do you feel about, now, if you're Brian Harson, what is your pitch to guys who are on the fence yeah. about either leaving Auburn some guys who may have been super attached to Gus and don't want to be there any longer, or some guys planning on going to the NFL. What is your pitch to keep them in Auburn next year?
1: Well, you know, you're going to have natural attrition. That's going to happen regardless. Some guys are so attached to the old guy. It doesn't matter if, you know, Newt Rodney showed up, they're not going to stay. But my pitch, if I'm Brian Harson, number one, I'm saying that if you're not willing to work, you're not willing to work hard. If you're not willing to pay the price, because the price goes up every day, then it's not going to work out here. But number two is, I think Brian Harson's smart enough to walk in there and say, guys, look around. We can win right now. Why can't we win next year? Th- this isn't a total overhaul of a program that is an absolute disaster. Now, there's some holes up front on both sides of the ball. You need some more offensive linemen. You actually need some tackles. Uh, and and on defensively, you need some pass rushers. But there'll be some guys out there, because just so happens, If you were going to pick one year to take over a program well, you basically pick the year where there's free agency everywhere, there's nothing stopping really anybody and I look around and say guys, I see what we have in this room. I see the potential. I know how good I am as a coach. I know how good you guys can be as a player. Let's go bring in some other guys, too, and we can win next year. Why not turn this thing into a machine starting next year? There's no reason to say, oh, well, it's going to be a total rebuild next year. We're not going to have the time. This, I mean, you got the SEC freshman of the year. you got a quarterback that's played two full seasons, also won SEC freshman of the year. I think you're, if you're a guy also that's on the fence offensively and saying, okay, well, uh, would I improve my draft stock coming back and working in this offense, going through the practices, going through the installs, uh, yes. Look, I, I believe Boise State's put two less guys in the NFL uh, as Gus Malzahn has in, in almost the same amount of time. Mm. So uh, the offense is very uh, intricate and all levels from a run game to play action game to intermediate passing game, screen game, vertical passing game. You can work on everything. It's not going to be, hey, just run the nine route or, hey, we're going <laughs> to run one rip route. You're going to mm-hmm. have uh, an opportunity to run concepts out of multiple formations. You're mm-hmm. going to get your bunches. You're going to get some, uh, I-, I call them alternate formations out of heavier personnels, whether it's jumbos, uh, whether they break it out into quads and run some heavy screen set out to the field, you, you're going to have a lot of different options. And I think versatility, obviously, if it's used right, if you're able to still have an identity, obviously just adds more weapons in the arsenal. And what if scouts want to see? They want to see you do more than one thing.
0: I think that's super, super important because you got to look at some of the guys that we're seeing. That uh, So look at two of the wide receivers out of uh, Phoenix City, right? Mm-hmm. Central Phoenix, that ended up at Clemson maybe those guys stay at home if they felt like they could have the opportunity to run yeah. a whole route tree. Right. George Pickens. Right. All right. 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 Uh, you know,
1: uh, at the end of the day, cause you have to look at it. And, and I always say this cause in recruiting, you know, it's just like, I guess, you know, wearing spandex. Some people think, you know, it's, it's a right, not a privilege. And, and that's just <laughs> not true. Everybody thinks, you know, in recruiting, that I'm going to go to the NFL and everybody's parents thinks that their kid's going to go to the NFL, at least most of the time. So one of the biggest pitches is, all right, number one, how many guys have you put in the NFL? Right. Number two, why are they in the NFL? Is it because of development? Is it your strength and conditioning with the development? Uh, is it something where there's just so many good players around you where they're able to come in and just find you? So there, there's multiple avenues to be able to pitch it. And when you're able to say, listen, our scheme, I can go – the beautiful thing about Brian Harson's scheme when you're pitching this is I can go into a receiver's house and say right. this is why it'll get you NFL ready. I can go into a running back's house and say this is why it'll get you NFL ready. I can go into a quarterback and tight end's house. But most importantly, Duke's in a position people really don't think about a lot in recruiting is I can go into an offensive lineman's house mm. and say, listen, you're not just going uh, to zone protect – in pass protection. You're going to man protect we are going to do some sliding. I'm going to pull you. You're going to get multiple things. So when these scouts turn on the tape and say, all right, I'm looking at a left guard for Auburn. Here's the eight things I need to see. Well, typically in the past, uh, you had to be Braden Smith and be able to lift up a UPS truck and throw it over your shoulder to be able to <laughs> go to the NFL. But now they'll be able to turn on and say, wow, uh, I'm getting some variations in pulls. I'm seeing the perimeter run. I'm seeing the combo blocks. I'm seeing you come off the ball out of a three-point stance, out of a two-point stance to be able to do multiple things. So I think it prepares every position, which obviously when you're at a place like Auburn that already lends itself to big time recruits because you're in the SEC West and a place that's football crazy, you add that to the mix. Now you start talking about some Al Borges 2004 stuff and people are going to start getting really familiar and, and uh, a little bit of nostalgia is going to be coming back.
0: Oh, wow. All right. So let's play a quick game. Right. So, uh,
1: oh, God, like the guy from Saul.
0: <laughs> I'm just
1: glad I'm saying that to you and not waking up in some bathroom with, with <laughs> the mirror broken listening to somebody say that to me
0: oh man hey hey so watch this there are a few guys on the team that could be borderline whether they transfer or go to the NFL mm-hmm. I want to see what you think they do alright okay. so if you think they should stay say stay or or you think they're gonna stay say stay okay what they're gonna Let's do go. not what, what they're they gonna do. do okay Let's okay do. Jamie and Sherwood, stay or go? Stay. Think he stays. He's got to
1: work on pass. He's got to work on pass. He's got to. He's really got to work on his coverage. Uh, he's got to work on his feet. Uh, he's great against the run. But if you're going to be look, if he goes as a nickel, as a nickel, I think he'd have a shot. As a safety, even if it's a boundary guy, I just don't think him and Smoke both. I don't think are good enough in coverage against receivers that are worth their salt in the slot. And there's a few times where you saw that because they're going to have to move them closer to the line of scrimmage. If they're going to play in the NFL.
0: Right. I mean, Sherwood they are good the, players.
1: Don't get me wrong. They're right. Good right. Players. No,
0: definitely. I think Sherwood is a guy who has uh, everything that the NFL wants. Uh, I think he, if he, lo- if he loses maybe five to seven pounds, gets a little faster runs. Mm-hmm. Well, at the combine, he's a guy that he's the current NFL dime backer or nickelbacker,
1: That's exactly right. right. That's so, what I'm saying. If as nickel, if you're going as, if you're going, if I'm Jamie and sure when I'm going to the draft and saying, all right, I'm a nickel, then that's different. Right. Now if I'm going in there saying I'm a safety, that's different. Cause especially with what you said, it's basically a new position now. Right. And a yeah. lot of it is packaged. Right. You know what I'm saying a lot of it is packaged and they like to bring those guys off the edge too. Now it's yeah. not just covering they're doing, they're starting to really, I think that's one of the cool things to watch in college and the NFL It's kind of what they're doing with that uh, uh, package backer, that nickel, dime, whatever you want to call them.
0: Okay, let's go to the next one. Seth Williams.
1: Mm. With this offense, I think you got to stay.
0: Got to stay. Sell me. I'm Seth Williams. Sell me.
1: All right, Seth, number one, I've, I've watched your film uh, from a catch radius standpoint, from a going to get the ball. Uh, you do a lot of great things. Uh, I think you have really good range. I think you actually have A.J. Green range when the ball's in the air. Now, speed-wise, I know he lost some bad weight last year. Uh, which did make him faster, but a few things he has to work on. He's got to start being able to get off press better uh, against corners that hit him with that inside jam. Uh, he struggles to win that fight early at the line. That's something he needs to work on. I actually think he needs to put on about five to 10 pounds of muscle. Uh, because a lot of times, if you watch what Horn did to him at South Carolina, he just beat him up. He mm-hmm. just beat him up when the ball was in there. Cause he was bigger than him. Uh, and, and also in this offense, uh, when you think about Seth Williams, all you do is think about the deep ball. In this offense, I can turn you into when you think about Seth Williams, you worry about the crosser, you worry about the screen, you worry about the out. It's being able to really expand the route tree, and you'll be going to the combine not saying you're a wide receiver in a Gus Malzahn offense. You'll be going in the combine saying you're a wide receiver in a uh, more traditional NFL pro-style offense uh, that Brian Harson coaches.
0: Mm, I think I'll stay. Yeah. How about Anthony Schwartz? Anthony, I just think
1: Anthony would go to the combine and run, you know, I don't know, two in his 40-yard dash. I mean, he's the fastest, one of the fastest people on the planet. It would be hard for me if I was Anthony to come back just because they're going to draft you really high if you go run that anyway, regardless. You could have no arms if you went and ran that at the combine. They'd still draft you as a receiver. Not saying that eh, Schwartz can't catch or anything like that, but I think he's a guy that if I ran that fast, uh, number one, I'd have insurance on my legs. Uh, I'd be protecting the city at night, and I'd probably go to the combine <laughs> and see what I could
0: do. Yeah, I think if I was Schwartz, I would go because uh, now I want him to stay. Absolutely, I would love to see him in his offense, but uh, I don't see anything that you gain from staying. Like, so guys, if you it like you don't become a better pass catcher in a year, right? Yeah. It's something that you do over time. Like, it's almost like a it's like it's like accuracy at a with a quarterback. You can get a little bit better, but it's not a whole lot. Uh, i think he's not going to get any slower right that's the only yeah. thing that he stands to do is to get slower because right now he's yeah. fast as hell uh he <laughs> runs enough of his routes you know all, all, and uh for him to risk injury by coming back you know of course he has to be insured but uh he's a guy i think that he does stand the game i mean i you can see i can see him easily being a 3rd or 4th round pick uh based on his speed alone so uh, having that t- and, and even higher, let's you know, let's. Now I don't know what he does on a bench press or whatever, but if he goes out of shows out in the combine, he's a guy that I see can make some money next year.
1: Yeah, well, I I wonder if he goes and runs that fast in the combine. If Samuel L. Jackson isn't going to give him a visit and try and get him to sign up for the Avengers, <laughs> I mean, They already got Thor on the basketball team. Right, I'm just trying, right. Samuel Jackson just not hanging around Toomer's corner, just trying to find somebody to f- fight man. the next alien attack we get.
0: Man, seriously, man, I, I some seeing him run away, and I just. It's one of those things where it almost reminds me of like uh, like Julio Jones in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. I never saw Julio Jones get to run under a ball. <laughs> he always is like, hey, I'm going to come back, I'm going to jump, I'm going to kick, I'm going to wait on it. Yeah. I never got to see him. Like, I just couldn't imagine Julio being like in a Mahomes type offense. Being able to see Anthony Swartz just kind of being lined up in an NFL offense in that kind of Oz Hakeem role on the greatest show on turf where he could just mm-hmm. – blow by safeties and with a quarterback that can hang it out there too. I'm not to say both camp, but, uh, as far as an offense, that that NFL type where you have multiple, the multiplicity and, and different roles throughout yeah. the offense would allow him to his speed to be accentuated. I think uh, it, I would love to see it just as an Auburn guy, man. So, uh, but it, but flash, if you're listening, come back.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it'd be huge for Auburn. I mean, I just, uh, uh, again, like, those guys so fast. I know how they are at the combine. It gets really weird. Those guys drink nine cups of coffee and just walking around, just waiting. So
0: Now, I've got a couple of buddies that work in scouting in the NFL, and they asked me about two guys, and they surprised me. Both guys really surprised me. Uh, one was Roger McCreary,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and one was a Kobe McClain.
1: Yeah. Both yeah. of these
0: guys have decisions to make. Now, I'm not just, not just off of the eyes. I know it's a lot of things that – you know, the act the casual fantasy, oh well, the cover was getting, you know, manhandled and yeah, Roger mm-hmm. McCreary didn't do ABCD. But I'm looking, I'm I'm literally talking to an NFL scout who's telling me, like, hey man, yeah, you know, hey, y'all got some ball players. Those two are yeah. definitely ball players. If you're either one of these guys, what's the case for staying and what's the case for going?
1: Uh number one for Zacoby, I think you come back because you gotta gain weight. Uh you right. got to put weight on. I I think he could be a high pick if he puts weight on. Uh, obviously he's super physical uh, this year playing in the box, literally at Mike is going to do wonders for him. I, I mean, even if you slide him you know, back to will or, or even slide him uh, a little bit further than that, th- that experience, you can always take that with you, but I think he does need to gain weight. Roger McCurry had a phenomenal year. Regardless of what anybody says, uh, the reason the scouts are saying that is because they turn the film on and they watch him. They watch him in, in man coverage. They watch him in zone. They watch his ability to flip his hips. They watch his ability to, Uh, you know, make up speed. They watch his tackling ability, which is something I think – Surprised me a little bit in how well Roger tackled, uh, especially in some of the plays where, you know, the defensive line's getting blown off the ball and a corner's having to come in there and make the play. You see McCreary coming off the edge and the boundary on the corner blitz having success. And you see him, you know, returning picks for touchdowns and doing stuff like that. Roger had an incredible year. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually gets a really high grade. And if he gets mm-hmm. a high enough grade, he needs to go um, uh, and it just give Auburn another corner that they've put in the league to add uh, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, Noah Nagany. Uh, you just look around. Uh, they're everywhere out there and just be another one. I think if Rogers tapes good enough, he needs to go because there's another kid. Auburn has a corner that's going to be better than any of them. And his name's Jalen Simpson.
0: Yeah, man. Simpson is, um, I'm not really worried about the cornerback position that Auburn going for now to get those two guys back next year. We're talking lockdown, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you can uh you add a Lee Hunter into the mix, you add oh. uh the uh, the kid marquees, and you add some guys another year of experience on the defensive line where you can make it a little bit tougher on the opposing offense. So you exactly can't just right. sit back and they don't have all day because I don't give I I don't care if it's Deion You can't Sanders. cover
1: people all day. I don't care. Yeah, Deion can't. Sanders can't cover people all day.
0: No, you're right. It just ain't right. gonna work. Right. Not 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 at all. And uh so as we start to wind down here, um, and it's different being uh, – me and you talking is different with me kind of facilitating. It's really weird. Oh, I but, love uh, it,
1: man. It's crazy. I, I feel like Justin Powell, when Shreve Cooper is going to be eligible, I can finally play the two.
0: <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, man. So, let me ask you this. We're, and I, we usually don't do basketball, but I got to ask you this. How oh, good dude, is Justin Hoops. Powell, bro? Good
1: gracious. Dude, he's he's a witch of the highest order. That That's what, you know <laughs> – that's what I see. You know, I use that term all the time, and, and it's actually kind of caught on, and people are like, oh, he's a witch. He's a witch. Justin Powell's a legit witch. It just, you know, it just reminds me. It's like I can just see, for anybody out there that's ever seen the Hoosiers movie, I can just see the scene where, like, Justin Powell's in, you know, whatever small-town Kentucky out there just shooting on his basket in his, in his, you know, front yard. Nobody really knows about him. He's a three-star. And then all of a sudden, Bruce Pearl just pulls in had heard about him from around the town. He's the Jimmy Chipwood of Auburn. That's what he is. He's Auburn's Jimmy Chipwood. And the thing I think that surprises everybody about Justin Powell, number one, he's 6'6". That's something people got to realize. You know, I love Scott Pullman. He was one of my favorite Auburn basketball players, but, you know, Scott Pullman wasn't a big guy, and he was really a shooter. This kid is running the point. He's rebounding. He can pass the ball like he's a a junior or a senior. His instincts and awareness um, is off the charts, and it's getting to the point now where – you know, he's starting to move up draft boards, and I think he's also the type he's going to want to play in that tournament. But if you just think – because I think Shreve Cooper is going to be eligible soon. I think he, right, he's going right. to be – he keeps that. getting closer and closer to the court. You know, I see him at the beginning. He wasn't anywhere on there. You never saw him. Then all of a sudden you see him sitting in the stands in just street creeping. clothes. Right. Then all of a sudden you see him in kind of in street clothes warming up with the team on the court. Now – He's warming up with the team in team gear and right. has a waiver to practice. So I don't think you give somebody a waiver to practice. You better make him eligible unless you're just sick in the head which, you know, knowing the NCAA, you know, uh, there's no no telling what's gone on over there, but and Auburn has a chance I think next year win the whole thing I mean, yeah, you think about Sharif Cooper at point, Justin Powell at two, Jabari Smith, probably at what, the center, JT Thor at power four. It looks like Jurassic Park out there, man.
0: Yeah, man. You're scary, right? Scary hours. Demon time. Yeah, man. Yeah, like-
1: they're, I'm just waiting to see JT Thor chasing a Jeep down the street. Like, you know what <laughs> I That's how big he is. Hey, like, man, down, like a road, dirt road, and they're trying to get away from him.
0: Man, it's hard, man, like. I'm excited about where Auburn basketball is going. We know what baseball has been doing, and now definitely football has something to be proud of. Uh, man, so just to put a wrap on the craziest coaching search ever, man. What was probably the moment where that that made you slap your head the hardest? Like, man, what are we doing? Like, what was the moment in this whole? Now that it's over, we can look back and laugh at it, right? Yeah. What was the one moment that put you at your worst? going through Uh, the the
1: one moment that put me at my at the worst is not going all in on mario cristobal early Mm. i think if alan green uh and again i'm like i said i love the brian harson hire but i think if alan green would have been running the show from the beginning they would have thrown the bag at mario now people say okay brian harson beat mario in a bowl game 2017 look i understand that i love the bryson harson hire uh, brian harson hire Uh, I think it was a sneaky good hire, but when they didn't go full bore after Mario and then didn't go after him again the second time, that's when I was like, man, because, look, I I like Bill Clark. I was at South Alabama when he was there. Uh, I just, you know, thought there were higher guys on the list. And, uh, you know, everybody's saying Kevin Steele, Kevin Steele, Kevin Steele. I just never believed that. But uh, I think probably the Mario Cristobal moment.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think my moment was uh – hearing that Venables wanted, actually had serious interest in the job and he yeah. kind of backed out after, you know, maybe sleeping on it. Uh And then they can't, I, I took a nap. After I heard that I took a nap and I wake up and we got a coach and I'm like, what?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, see, it's so crazy. Cause I mean, it happens so quick, you know, Right. you, you hear Brian Harson's name because nobody was saying that nobody said Brian Harson really until Pete Thamel, which talk about just a stroke of irony that Pete Thamel the one that breaks the story on who the next Auburn coach is going to be. You know, he's literally like Napoleon, man. He's been exiled from Auburn. So, you know, I thought <laughs> so that was funny. But right. uh, nah, man, it's just crazy how fast it went. But I think they got it right. And at the end, as long as you get to hire right, right, uh, and I think there were some decisions they made behind the scenes to let Alan Green do it, uh, and he did his thing, man. Let
0: me let me ask you this. Yeah, I promise I'm going to let you go. Who do you think are half-the-halves oh, yeah on the staff to retain like so we say he's got autonomy right that's that's what the word is i've heard both i've heard mm. maybe to retain to retain right? who would you retain on this staff mm-hmm.
1: if it was me i retained t will and caddy mm. those are the two. two guys um i i, I retain t will uh just because you know the linebackers, you know, when they've had an opportunity with the defensive line that's been able to do their job, have played pretty well. I I thought he taught Zacobi up really well. I mean, those guys playing out of position, Uh, you had young guys behind him, not a lot of depth, Uh, obviously Chandler Wooten opted out and, and had situation off the field. So, Uh, I think from a recruiting standpoint, too, with T-Will, with some guys you're already out there on, I think he could be nothing but just a huge addition to some more home runs you can bring in. Uh, And then Cadillac, just from a recruiting perspective, I think he's comfortable with Tank. And like I said, from Brian Harson, the minute the words, I accept a job at Auburn came out of my lips, my next words are, what's Tank Bigsby's phone number and is he okay? So, uh, you know uh, I think that's, that's something that can help that transition, obviously with Emmanuel Henderson too, a big time back, probably the, the number one player in the state next year, has a great relationship with Cadillac, even though Alabama kind of leads there. But if you're Auburn, uh, the Harson hire is great, but you've got to surround him with dudes. You've got to surround him with dudes that have recruited the Southeast. Bring Del McGee home, go get Matt Luke. You've you got to put together a superstar staff around him that can recruit because, again, the dude's got the blueprint. He's got the mojo and the juice to do it. you just got to give him the keys to the ignition. You know, right. it's like that R. Kelly song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pop hot and fresh out the kitchen.
0: All right. yeah, you know, and, and I think those two guys are kind of represent. So, and I think it is really, really kind of ironic that you say that because those mm-hmm. guys, when it comes to their old Auburn, as far as '04, but they're kind of represent the new Auburn, where it's kind of like yeah. it's going to be like you know, hey, you know, we we don't mind having a cool conversation or we don't mind you know talking clothes or whatever, but. At the same time we're here for a job and we're here to play ball right yeah well
1: my well my thing is my thing is you're gonna have a bunch of guys in there it's like listen I'm gonna go ahead and tell you I'll look around there's other dudes working just as hard and harder than we are right now like I don't got time to care about you know your favorite rapper or whatever right now while we're on the field like while we're on the field, this is business time because I mean we're trying to go out here and dominate and once we right. get off the field, that's fine. Uh, we'll talk about it for a little bit, then I need you watching film. It's like Brian Harson said, I need guys that show up on Tuesday ready to work. I need guys that show up on Wednesday ready to work that don't think they're just going to show up Saturday and have it happen. Or, Hey, oh, it's cool that I play for Auburn or, oh, it's cool that I coach for Auburn. I can tell my buddies that I coach. No, I'm here to win because I want to see if I can be the best and that's what winners do. They surround themselves with winners. And I think that's what Brian Harson's going to do. And I think that's what Auburn's need. Auburn needs it's like I always said, it's always fun to be little brother and make fun of him until one day he grows up and whoops your
0: ass. Man, it's about what? time that he grew up. I'm telling you. And do you think there's any way that Auburn, with all the bad optics, is there any way that Kevin Steele can be retained?
1: Um, in my opinion, no, uh, because I, I believe I, I you know, a former Auburn player uh, come on my show and tell me the same thing. Um and then again you're gonna have people in brass come out and say oh this didn't happen they're not gonna tell on themselves man I mean you know right like, the king doesn't tell on himself you know the king doesn't say no oh, this is my vault you know or, or right these, right they're not gonna tell on the money people because they still need right. them it's like I said in the show it's not that you don't need money people or that money people can't be influential it's just if you're gonna keep screwing it up then there's no point in even giving us money because it's not gonna work right. so at the end of the day I I really do think uh. I I feel good about it, man. I I just, I really feel like Brian Harson is a guy that wants to fight. And to win the fight, you got to want the fight. And Auburn's got to stop hoping to be good because you can hope in one hand and do something in the other. You put in the work to be good and you will be good. And all the people that say he can't recruit, all right, he's had the best classes Boise State's ever signed. And he's won all those games with those recruiting classes that you look and say, oh, They're not even close to what you get in the SEC. Imagine the caliber of player and the product he can put on the field, excuse me, when he has the caliber of player that you have at an Auburn in an SEC West school. So I think the jury's still out on that, but it's always fun. It's like giving a NASCAR driver a Maserati for the first time. You just want to go 150 miles an hour and boat race everybody to (laughs) 7-Eleven, baby.
0: Hey, man, J-Boy, man, amazing stuff, bro, man. Hey, tell tell everybody (laughs) where they can find your show, bro.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I know we got a lot of the same listeners too, so so there you some mind. But you can find that anywhere you get your podcast: Apple Podcast, Spotify, on Twitter, Instagram at the J Boy Show. Dukes, man, uh, love coming on. I know. I think the background's kind of gotten darker as I've been on here. That wasn't planned, even though I feel like during the dark carbon thing that would have been kind of sick. Oh but man, that would have been yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah oh, I know. Right. Man. I know. I was literally thinking about that halfway through the interview. But man, awesome to come on. Uh, I can't wait to get you on to talk in our normal slot now that all the craziness is done. Uh, But uh, you're doing a great job, man. And now that you can kind of focus, I know this even more. I know it's going to take off, bro, because you're one of the best at what you do, and I appreciate it.
0: Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. J-Boy, I'll probably see you this weekend, man. We'll uh, go to the J-Boy show. We'll do it that way. And then we'll figure out how we're going to put this together on a more consistent basis.
1: Definitely, man. Well, I'm excited, bro. And uh, stay safe out there, man.
0: All right, you too, brother.
1: All right, brother. All right.